On today's episode of This is Believeland, we have the editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage, Ian Glendon. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, we've kind of uh, been uh, acquaintances for some time now, a few years Mm -hmm. now, through a couple different websites, but uh, it seems like you have a pretty good idea of what the Patriots are doing and, you know, what the Bucks are doing, and one of the reasons I brought you on was to, I guess, to start off, give me an outside perspective of what the Browns did in the draft. Um, you know, <laughs> excuse me, I apologize. <clears throat> I've been I've been losing my voice the last few days, so this is this is a you know, <laughs> it's always a little bit of a struggle when you talk as much as uh, we do. So, um, you know, honestly, I really like what the Browns did, and it, you know, to be honest, it was very similar to what the Bucks had to do in terms of needs and what they wanted, where they were drafting, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, of course, you know, you get Jedrick Wills uh, right off the bat. You strengthen that offensive line. You have to uh, to get more protection for Baker Mayfield. Um, again, and I really love the, uh, the the Delpit uh, pick at safety. Uh, that, that was a pick, again, from a Bucks perspective. I was looking at safety. I wanted Antoine Winfield, but I wouldn't have – you know, this was kind of assuming Delpit was going to be gone a long time ago. So the fact that you're able to get him one slot ahead of them um, was was pretty. You know, that that that's that's pretty good fortune for the for the Browns. And and look, I mean, th- this team, you know, is fort- good for them not coming into the season with all the hype that they had last year. Um, I, I think it was from my perspective, from the outside looking in, it was the most obvious. Um, blow up waiting to happen uh in nfl history and it's it's and again it's just for, from you know from the top down uh you know i thought freddie kitchens no, to no fault of his i mean i don't want to say to no fault but you know it's not all his fault uh as to how bad it went and and look he was just the wrong choice and that's on the browns management and uh they they fixed that problem um there isn't uh this uh overwhelming hype surrounding baker mayfield i think uh from a media's perspective they've been humbled on him a little bit so so the cameras aren't following him around 24 7 uh there, there's not this um you know, guaranteed Super Bowl run hype, uh, you know, after getting uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So I, I, I think the Browns are going to benefit the most from that. And then again, you know, you add talented players in the draft, and I think they addressed needs that they, they really needed to address. And, uh, you know, a, another year, perhaps things settle down a little bit and they focus a little bit more on football. But uh, look, from, from a comparison point from last year to this year, I think it's night and day from where the Browns are. And I think the Browns obviously added a lot of talent last year. Um, I just think this year so far, the offseason has been much better. And I think that the, the, the prospect of them doing well uh, next season is, is much higher in my opinion. Well, I definitely agree with you on that point. It seems like there are lots quieter or standards seem to be, I guess, normalized to where they should be compared to last year. Uh, there are some people who are very high in what the Browns did, and they're they're quietly edging and getting their way closer back to being super hype about everything. I mean, and those are a lot of those people are the guys that are really happy with the drafts because the players graded out according to what they were looking for or on analytics uh, information. It's like, this guy was ranked at this number, and that was this high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just see that kind of natural progression happening with certain people. And I think they just need to ease off a little bit. Just keep mm-hmm. just keep it in, keep it in neutral. Because neutral right now is where they need to be. Not reverse, not drive, neutral. Just kind of sit there, let it all come together. 
I mean, the the only pick the Browns made that I understand and I don't like at the same time is the defensive tackle at, in, mm-hmm. at the end of round three. Only because I know people are like, you got to stop the run. I'm like, well, if you're stopping the run, that means one thing. It means you're losing. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and I just felt that they had other needs, such as linebacker or edge rusher, that they could have gone after. So maybe an outside linebacker in addition to the inside linebacker they took. Maybe another corner or safety, but that's really my only real gripe. Um, the interesting thing is um, the Browns and Buccaneers find themselves in parallel, kind of, because they have too many tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one has shown promise in O.J. Howard, and one has shown a, I'm going to say a whole lot of nothing in David Njoku. <laughs> so uh, I would rather have Howard than Njoku at this point, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel, but... um, You know, I, I, I like O.J. Howard, and, and the more I think about it, too, or the more this kind of gets dragged on, I feel like the Bucks are perfectly fine holding on to him as well, because at the end of the day, he has a fairly cheap contract and, and for, for the amount of money you're going to have to pay him the the talent or the potential at least for that talent to shine is, is, is far more with him than it is anyone else uh, that you can get at this point um, in the off season, unless you make some trade. So I, I, I think they're all right with, excuse me, um, going with three tight ends when it comes to Gronk, uh, Howard and uh, Cameron Brait. And the thing is, is, you know, the, the, the Patriots were able to utilize many different tight, tight end formations. Uh, sometimes, you know, obviously Gronk was obviously the focal point. But I think in this situation, you know, maybe Gronk isn't going to be asked to do as much as he, he did in the past. Obviously, he's coming off a uh, 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 a, a year away from the game so in, in that sense i think they look at oj howard and say and you know what if he's going to have an opportunity to to shine and show what talent he has this is the perfect fit for him because when he's on the field he's likely going to be like the the fourth or fifth person or, or option that the defense is going to be looking at when you think about the other receivers and and talent around uh tom brady in this offense so um i i think overall i would like to have oj howard if i would say the the, the patriots or, or another team looking for a tight end over in joku but um yeah i mean it, it's, it's going to be interesting it, it, it's in it, <clears throat> joku and, and howard i mean they both came in with kind of the similar type expectations in terms of okay they have this ability to to catch and, and play the tight end position well and blah 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 obviously they've um you know, not lived up to that hype, but at the same time, I, th- I think they both have an opportunity this season with the current team that they have to, you know, change, you know, change that opinion. Because again, it's, I think both teams are coming in with a much better off season for, for different reasons uh, this year, obviously than uh, last. So um, future is definitely a lot. And like I said, in my opinion, a little bit brighter for the Browns, at least I think you said it best. I think the expectations are more reasonable than what they have been, whether it's uh, too low or too high. I, I think it's right in between right where it's supposed to be right now. Yeah, and I got to agree with that. And when it comes to looking at uh, O.J. Howard over uh, Najoku, who's in a better position to, I guess, step forward or uh, be successful, I got to go with Howard only because <laughs> I don't know what Njoku's going to do. And they went out and signed Austin Hooper. They went out and drafted mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant. I mean, the way I look at it, they got two of his replacements, and he's still there. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really seem like he might not be on the hot seat or his way out the door. But the people in charge are looking at the door and say, hey, are we going to open this? 
Are we well, gonna open this, let them out. <laughs> well, well, we'll find out if that tour is open probably later in the in the off season when uh, you know when you get close to the training camp, whenever that happens you know because you see that that uh that rush to, to release veteran free agents and and uh you know of course you know that they're eventually going to be better so i i think they want to maybe see uh from what they actually have on the football field from the from their tight ends you know before they make any uh decision and i think the same goes for the bucks in that sense so yeah <clears throat> now let's shift to the patriots you know your wheelhouse here yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there was a some conversation that happened on Twitter this morning on Thursday uh, with the Bengals releasing Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people went, Patriots are going to sign him in, you know, five, four, three, you know, any <laughs> variation of that tweet. Or, you know, then it also brought up the conversation about Cam Newton mm-hmm. and people also saying maybe they Patriots go get Cam Newton. Um. Between the two of them, I would rather have Andy Dalton, only because Cam Newton. I don't know if he's healthy. Yeah, and, and if you're if you can't stay healthy, that's an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what Andy Dalton is. Andy Dalton's gonna be a middle of the road quarterback. You know what his ceiling is. You know what his floor. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is with Cam Newton right now. Now, out of the two, who would you take, and would you actually take any of them after that? Um. I can answer that pr- pretty affirmatively. I I would take Dalton over uh, Cam if again this is if I if I had to choose because if if I really had my way and and I think this is what's going to happen is uh, the Patriots are going to sign neither of them uh, be- because I think you put it best. We know what Andy Dalton is. Um, he's he's a middle of the road quarterback and and I I'm pretty sure we we know what Cam is and, and then you add in the caveat of him having to stay healthy. I mean, look, I mean outside of that 2015 season and you know even if you include that 2015 season, Cam Newton is a sub 60% completion guy uh who, you know, is mid 80s passer rating again. That's inflated quite largely because of the 2015 season and you know he he's he's a talented guy but he's just I mean, he's 30 years old and he's missed 16 of the last 32 games. You know, there's to me, there's no benefit for the Patriots to to sign Cam Newton. Uh, there's no benefit for me uh, in my eyes that they sign Andy Dalton because every indication that they've given this offseason, from the moves they've made to the to the people that they've signed and and including you know former Auburn slot receivers, you know they they want to give Jarrett Stidham the opportunity to win this job and and i think it's his to lose uh they bring they bring in brian horio which to me is a very strong indication that yes it, this is Jarrett stidham's team and and brian horio a guy who has you know again a, a backup ceiling uh, comes in and knows the system knows uh the, the organization and can spell Jarrett stidham if need be but you know i i think this coaching staff who who know far more than anyone out there about Jarrett stidham believe in him and uh so to me that that makes deciding between andy dalton and and cam newton moot and at the end of the day i think they're just two mediocre quarterbacks and i'm i'm happy that uh um you know, I'm happy, or at least I'm hopeful that they aren't going to sign either of the two. Now, again, I could be wrong. <laughs> I did say Tom Brady was going to return this season, but you know, <laughs> hey, you can't you can't hit a hundred percent or a thousand uh, every every day or every prediction. So, uh, but in this case, I do think it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, 
even for the the, the quote unquote competition uh, competition factor for for um, Jared Stidham because if you're bringing in a guy like uh, Cam Newton or uh, a- Andy Dalton to be competition, then you, you're not in a good spot because <laughs> if Jared Stidham's not good enough, and you have to go to one of those two. Then you're again you're you're probably just as well off just sticking with Jared Stidham and regrouping the following year. So yeah, um, what uh, you mentioned something and. I was actually going to say this. What the, the Patriots know what they have in Jared Stidham. No one really knows outside of New England what Jared Stidham is because they've been in practices, they've worked with him, they know what he needs to do, what he can do, mm-hmm. what he needs to work on. Nobody else knows what that is. Mm-hmm. And so if the Patriots, you know, Belichick, McDaniels say that Jared Stidham's the guy, uh, I'm inclined to believe them. I'm inclined to trust yeah. them. You know what I mean? I mean, he didn't win six Super Bowls by accident. <laughs> he, he wasn't part of a, you know the Giants when he was their defensive coordinator and being good at what he did by accident. He knows what he's doing. And so mm-hmm. if if it's trust in Belichick, trust in Belichick. And if he says it's Stidham, it's Stidham. Well, yeah, and, and exactly. And, and look, I mean, no one expects Jared Stidham to be Tom Brady. When, and, and this is, I think, the, the problem with, uh, you know, some Patriots fans' expectations versus, you know, Things like, you know, I say like I'm looking personally as a as a Patriots fan, as someone who's followed this team for a very long time, I'm looking forward to what's new or what's different. And, you know, I'm eager to to root for the kid. Do I does that mean I, I know he's going to be great? I don't know. Does it mean I know he's going to be good? I don't know. I mean, I, re- I just don't know. But, uh, you know, what what I do know is that. Bill Belichick has a pretty good track record of drafting quarterbacks. Does that mean he drafts Hall of Fame, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks every single time? No. Let's you know, there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of variation between good quarterbacks. Um, you know, Matt Castle, for what he was, ended up going to a Pro Bowl for for Kansas City. Um, you know, he he did. He, he filled the purpose he was supposed to fill for as a professional quarterback. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, he's had a successful career with San Francisco. You look at uh, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, again, you know, we're not talking, you know, uh, expectations of Super Bowl leading teams to Super Bowls, but he's been a pretty good quarterback for the Colts and obviously stepped in with the Patriots. And, you know, the list really goes on. Brian Hoyer. I mean, he's a career backup, but that's a valuable asset in this league. And he's managed to stay in this league, win some games for the Browns, you know, as you know, well, um, and, you know, again, so the Patriots have a pretty good track. Right. And then of course, Brady, I mean, you, yeah. obviously you can't, you know, that's obviously, obviously the peak and you're not going to match that again, but they have a pretty good draft draft, uh, a pretty good track record. I almost said draft record. <laughs> I guess that would kind of work too, but they have a pretty good track record when it comes to spotting quarterback talent or at least potential. And, and look, like you said, like I said, they know best and <laughs> they know who Jared Stidham is. Uh, Adam Schefter doesn't Ian Rappaport doesn't, you know, uh, Patriots beat beat writers really don't. They have a little bit better insight because maybe they see him at practice more often, but they don't see him every day. They don't see him in the film room. They don't, you know, all these places where, where coaches really learn who you are. So, I'm excited to see what he has, and, and I think the, the Patriots are, are eager as well, and, and I think they're confident in it as well. Yeah, I definitely think they'll be able to make it make it work. I mean, because they've been in situations where they had to make it work before, and they did. I mean, there was the year Brady went down, and Castle comes yep. in. There was the year mm-hmm. Brady was suspended, and Garoppolo and Brissett played. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine when it comes down to it. They'll be fine with, with Jared Stidham as long as his floor is competent. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. If for some reason it's a complete disaster, then you'll see them do something. I don't know what that oh, would absolutely. be. Oh, absolutely. But I, until that moment comes, I think they'll be fine with Stidham. Now, no, I agree. <clears throat> the uh, the next thing, Patriots related, I wanted to talk to you about was their pick of Kyle Duggar. Mm-hmm. I saw lots of people kind of roasting the pick, and I don't get it. I don't get why people were, were I, not liking the because, pick. Because they don't know who he is. I mean, it's 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 really <clears throat> excuse me. It's really as simple as that. I mean, folks will sit there and <clears throat> you know we do it as well, covering specific teams or covering. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, covering the draft in general, we sit there and we get enamored with all the names that get talked about 24-7. But, you know, there, there's so many more players that you don't necessarily know everything about. And, you know, when, when you're a fan, especially when you get, get your sights set on player A or, or you need uh, this type of player, like for, for Patriots fans in general, it's, it's, you know, you need a wide receiver. Oh, they need a quarterback. So when they go out and take a, a second round defensive back, which has its own, uh, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> own own uh, bad mojo that comes with it for some Patriots fans because there's been so many swings and misses when it comes to defensive backs in, in that round, um, you, you know, you get people in an uproar. And, and I think when you when you look at it, when you actually dig into the talent and realize, look, this is a really good player who, uh, again, looks like a just a, a a potentially home run pick for the Patriots. But again, if you don't know who the player is, it's much easier to trash the pick and, and kind of fall in line with, with a bunch of those people, which again, the, there's a lot of them out there. So you, so you're not going to stick out too much. So one thing in particular that I, I don't know if you listen or read from anything from um, Mike Lombardi, but mm-hmm. he was talking specifically about this pick and he was praising the pick and mm-hmm. it was he was essentially saying that this is someone that's going to be on the field for all four downs. He's going to be on special teams. He's going to be on defense. Mm-hmm. And then that is essentially the core of how the Patriots work. They want to find someone that yep. contributes on special teams in addition to offense or defense. And I think that's something a lot of people missed when they look at the pick. I, I know there's been, like you said, the misses on defensive backs in the second round, but I, I think there's just a underappreciation for special teams and how much Belichick actually uh, puts importance on it. That when it comes to a player like this, who can do special teams and defense, there's a value there that I don't think the average fan sees. Well, and right off the bat, you know, he he can make an impact on day one. You know, if he's just a special teamer. Or, or at least he has special teams value, so you can put him out there on day one. Um, he doesn't have to sit and, and take backup snaps. And again, you know, he has the ability to go out there and, and and play in certain positions because we know Belichick and how much, like you said, he he values the the guys that can do multiple different things. I mean, we we saw Landon Roberts play fullback last year out of necessity, but you know, those are the type of players that he values and, and puts a higher um, <clears throat> priority on over, you know, guys that maybe do one thing really well, because at the end of the day, uh, if that's all you do is one thing really well, <clears throat> you're limited because this game, this football, this game of football is, is so, uh, complicated in the sense that so many teams do so many different things now. So, you know, you need to have players that can fill multiple roles. And, and those are the guys that Belichick really gets enamored with. And then you look at his, you know, his, his track record and how, you know, 
he he just he seems like a good fit for this team um and again if if you don't know who he is then that's when you get frustrated with the pick because uh you're you're you were probably expecting a wide receiver uh, you know you're expecting a, a quarterback you know why didn't they draft you know Jordan Love or you know so on and so forth so um yeah so i i mean that's that's pretty much my <laughs> why i think uh, people get upset with picks like this i mean you guys have had Matthew Slater on your team forever yep I mean, he's the perfect example of the, this type of pick. He's not a superstar, but he's a special teams guy, and he's great at it. I mean, you and, need... and and I was going to say, look, you can I I I can sit here and make a a uh, a luck case for him to be a football hall of pro football hall of famer just because of how good he is at the role that he fills and how important he is. So. Oh, geez, you might get some uh, some pushback on the, <laughs> on Twitter from that one. Uh, I, I would definitely be interested in in, a, in hearing that case, but I mean, because there is some validity to it. Well, and, and again, I mean, he's been um, the the best gunner in football uh, every single year that he's been in the league, pretty much uh, multiple Pro Bowls at that position. And and when you're a guy that's that's technically a wide receiver, and you're going to Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl as a special teams gunner. Um, you're a pretty damn good player, and and I think, you know, that this, and we see it in uh, we see it in baseball too. We see it in other Hall of Fames. It's like, oh well, he's just this. He's just a kicker. He's just, well, no, it's a position in the sport. So I don't think any position should be devalued when it comes to Hall of Fame. So when you think about the best to do what he does, I mean, it's hard to pick anyone other than Matthew Slater, especially during this run. And then you add in, you know, the value, uh, uh, you know in a locker room standpoint on top of just, you know, the, the success that he's had with the Patriots. And again, that's got hall of fame stamped all over it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my opinion on it. I think, like I said, I think that's a pretty good slate or case, you know, you have everything you need in terms of success, individual, um, dominance at his position, at his role. And of course the uh, team success to go along with it. So. Now, something you mentioned while you're talking about the defensive players, it Mm -hmm. was, the ability to do multiple things on defense. And you mentioned specifically uh, the players that can only do one thing uh, on a team. Now, I've seen multiple players end up in New England who can only do one thing, thrive mm-hmm. for a season or two, then leave. Then they go back to you know being what they were, which was relatively average. Because mm-hmm. the, the teams that had them first, then get them after New England, try to have them do everything. I can think of a two guys that played in Cleveland, went to New England, then left, and are back to being just kind of meh. And two guys specifically I think of right now are Barkevius Mingo mm-hmm. and Jabal Sheard. Yep. They're, no, good, they're a, good at pass rushing, and that's about it. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like when it comes to, yeah, like I said, the, the Patriots do uh, value versatility. But when you're talking about depth and, and role players, which every team needs, especially successful teams, um, no team uses what you do best as a player like the Patriots. So when when they go out and get Jabal Shield, they know exactly what he can do. Um, they're not going to put him in a situation where he's you know going to be asked to do certain things and he gets exposed because again uh, teams that aren't as co- aren't coached as well or aren't as disciplined that's what they do they put players in positions where they can't succeed. So you know what happens it comes back on the player because you know hey He's, you know, that's what you see on the field is that player not being in position or, or, or failing to do his job or whatever. And for the most part, <clears throat> you know, the Patriots don't do that. And that's why a lot of these guys will will come 
and 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 play for for the Patriots for a year or two and end up cashing in because they get you know the maximum uh, positive reps out there for for people to see so now all of a sudden instead of watching someone succeed on 30 percent of their reps they're they may be taking fewer reps but they're succeeding on 90 percent of them and all of a sudden you're like oh wow this guy can do this this guy can do that he can do it all season all right let's give him a payday and and, and it's happened time after time again sometimes it works out for other teams sometimes it doesn't um you know chris long is a good example of that a guy who a lot of people thought was you know, kind of at the end of the, the line, uh, gets cut by the, you know, Ben St. Louis Rams, I believe, uh, goes to the Patriots, signs a one-year deal, uh, plays a very good role, uh, gets put in a lot of good position, wins a Super Bowl, and then he goes to the Eagles and gets a payday, you know, or not, you know, a huge payday, but he, you know, he carves out another couple seasons for himself and another, another Super Bowl championship. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why players like, uh, ultimately playing for the Patriots, even if it's for a limited amount of time, because, uh, you know, I know they like to uh, do the things that, that come easiest to them. So, And, you know, Chris Long is someone who actually went into just as a uh, good position in Philly that he was in in New England because Philly had so much <laughs> pass rushing depth that yep. they could just rotate them in and out all the time. So uh, he cashed in, but he was also in a good situation to do what he did best. Now, speaking of uh, two players who played against Philly in that Super Bowl, uh, Brady and Gronk, no longer in New England, down in Tampa. Mm -hmm. How did that hit you? Uh, You know, honestly, not as bad as you would think. I, 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 you know, there was obviously that, you know, as a fan, you know, you're like, oh, that's, that's very disappointing. And, and. You know, of course, you know, I've been, you know, I was in high school when he got drafted and started. So it's been it's you know, it's it's spanned quite a a significant portion of my life. So there, there's two phases to it. There's the, uh, you know, you're a kid and you just can't get enough of the team. You're such a huge fan to now where it's like, you know, I, I work in the sports world. So I have to look at it from a different perspective. And it's it's allowed me to to, to keep everything in perspective and realize like look you know I'm, I'm a fan of Brady's no matter what um, I'm obviously a fan of the Patriots uh, I, I would root for Brady uh, if it doesn't uh, impact the Patriots negatively and if it they do happen to go up against each other I'll root for the Patriots to win 53 to 52 you know what I mean so it's like to me it doesn't bother me I know a lot of people were upset or, or, or taking the hard stance of um you know, oh, well, I, you know, I, I just, he's on another team. I'm not going to even cheer for him or like him, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I, you know, I, I guess I get it. I mean, I don't, but, you know, at the same time to each his own, you know, you react how you react. But, uh, you know, as a fan, it, it, it didn't bother me as much as I think I thought it would be. Um, and, and look, you know, looking at it from a, from a Brady fan perspective, him going down to Tampa was great. Um, I it, it kind of worked out well because I'm already down here, so <laughs> it's going to be nice to kind of see. And it, you've already seen it a little bit as much as you can the the impact that he's going to have on this community and and just the the excitement that he brings, uh, especially for a team that really you know, 
they have six playoff wins in their franchise history. So <laughs> you can kind of see the disparity uh, between Brady's success and, and the Bucks' success. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be interesting to cover because I think, you know, from, from a Brady fan perspective, it's a perfect situation. Uh, he's got incredible amount of talent around him. And I, I think for someone who, like myself, who has been kind of beating the drum, uh, especially this last year about his abilities and his skill level uh, still being at an all-time high level, um, and it hasn't been affected by age, in my opinion. This is the perfect situation because he's going to go out and, and, you know, in my estimation, prove me correct. And and I think, you know, uh, you add Gronk to the mix and, and it's <laughs> to me, I don't think people realize how dangerous and how great this offense can be. And uh, I, I think a lot of people were blinded by the negative impact Winston had in terms of like how, you know, you, you turn the ball over 35 times. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry that no matter what you do, you know, throwing the ball or throwing touchdowns, it just doesn't fix that issue. And now you're getting a quarterback who is arguably the most efficient of all time, you know, given the amount of time that he's done this, that, you know, right then and there, I think that's three or four wins. And then all of a sudden you add in the other talent. So I like this situation. I, I want to see him succeed. If it's the Patriots and the, and the Bucks in the Super Bowl, look, I'll root for the Patriots, of course. There's there's no uh, hesitation in my mind. But I want the game to be 53-52 to 52 and Tom Brady break every single Super Bowl passing <laughs> record there is, most of which he's he already owns. So it would just be icing on the cake. So it, What you did say about him having – Better. He, is, he has better targets now in Tampa than he did in New England oh, last year. So it's, it's not even a question. Like, I mean, it, night, night and day. I mean, it, I, people, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but oh, like, I think people people are so eager to, um, you know, consider, you know, people say, oh, he's going to be 43. And, and look, at this point, I, I think he's uh, uh, earned the right to, to get the benefit of the doubt because people say, oh, he's 43. Well, it's just a number. You don't give me a reason why. 43 is is the reason he's not playing well it's you know they're so eager to see him take a step back that they ignore all the issues that were faced on offense and and um you know i think after a while you tend to believe a lot of those narratives and talking points that you hear you know pretty constantly on on the daytime talk shows you know which are really a lot of a lot of nonsense so um so yeah, that that's that's yeah. So the the disparity in weapons and in offensive personnel around him now versus last year, I mean, it is night and day. Let's just put it this way: Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both graded out at over ninety on the PFF scale, and you know, take that as you will. I mean, some people like PFF, some people don't. But the last time Brady had a pair of weapons, quote unquote, excuse me that did that it was randy moss and wes welker in 2007 so we kind of you know know what he did then and i'm not saying he's going to go out and throw 50 touchdowns but um you know this 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 idea that his uh, physical ability has dropped off is going to be for, for those out there who really believe it i think they're going to be in a for a pretty rude awakening pretty quickly too i i definitely agree with that um and as, as far as pro football focus goes i think you have to just use their information carefully because like any type of number or advanced number with statistics, if it's just as hurt, it's very hurtful if it's used improperly, but it's very helpful if it is used properly. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. people use it improperly and give you something that looks like it's accurate, but it's completely false. Exactly. So that's my only issue I have with it sometimes is people not knowing how to use it correctly. Um, 
Jameis Winston factor, him not being there, is, in my opinion, huge. <laughs> the the swap <laughs> out for Winston for Brady. Uh, the way I described Jameis Winston last year is he was essentially the the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience. Yeah. Fitzmagic and Fitztragic on <laughs> alternating on each play because he'll throw a pick six and return with a big bomb for a touchdown the next play. Yep. So it's just, it's just that roller coaster. And so just even uh, swapping that out for steady, if Brady was even just a steady quarterback, if, if Brady gave them Andy Dalton like performance, they would be such a better team. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's the, that's the thing too. It's like people get enamored with the numbers. We see it, you know, with, with really good quarterbacks, people put so much weight on Drew Brees throwing for 5,000 yards. It's like, okay, it's, it's, it's great. But like you're, you're taking that kind of, kind of to what you were saying about being, you know, better with using numbers. You're taking things out of context and saying, okay, great. Uh, you know, he threw for 5,000 yards, but they were also behind a lot. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of that was, you know, not to Jameis Winston's extent, but Drew Brees used to throw a lot of touch uh, or interceptions as well. And that is such a, a horrible impact on, on both the offense and the defense, because now all of a sudden, you know, your defense is out there much more often than you would hope. Um, in some cases, they're, they're not out there at all, but that's because the, the other defense takes the ball the other way, like, you know, which happened with Jameis seven times last year. So, um, you know, I get it. People love big numbers and big stats and big plays, and they're willing to look past the negatives for that. But give me the cerebral, efficient, uh, best quarterback at, at reading a defense out there, and that's Tom Brady. And it doesn't look flashy all the time. It doesn't. And the reason for that is, he is the most, in, in my in, in my opinion, uh, the most uh, mechanically sound quarterback in the NFL, and more so now because of how the, the the position is shifting to more you know mobile and and athletic types. You're seeing less and less of that mobile stand in the pocket quarterback. But you know, even when there was an abundance of those players, he was just the best at just sitting there, uh, manipulating the pocket, reading the defenses, and finding the open guy. And and again, that does not look flashy a lot of the time so you know people confuse flash and and pizzazz and 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 big fireworks with you know better and it's not necessarily better because tampa fans that are maybe still a little pro Jameis, and there's plenty of them out there i see are gonna learn yeah oh yeah no no there's they're they're an abundance of them you know and some have a good perspective on it i think they you know they're still uh, Jameis fans but they they know that they're getting Look, a better quarterback, and that's not an insult on Jameis. That's you know, if if Tom Brady was going anywhere, well, <clears throat> Tom Brady in his prime, let's say. I mean, you can obviously say, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes, whatever. But you know, anyone else in in the history of the game was a lesser quarterback in, than Brady, in my opinion. So this isn't an insult on Jameis Winston, but there are folks out there that are just so pro Jameis that maybe it takes them actually seeing Tom Brady under center for them to, uh, you know, realize who exactly he is and how different he is from just about everyone, especially anyone that the Bucks have had in recent memory. So, um, and then I tell people all the time, like give it about a quarter or two and you're going <laughs> to sit there and be like, okay, I, I take everything back. No, Jameis was not a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I don't care if he threw for 6,000 yards. He's not a better quarterback than Tom Brady. And, um, you know, this boring, uh, you know, what people perceive as Dick, quote unquote, dink and dunk. And it's, it's so far from that, but you know, that's what people know it as. This type of offense is is all of a sudden going to look so much more spectacular uh, for Bucks fans when they realize just 
just how how good it actually is. So, uh, like I said, I'm excited as a Brady fan to see it. Um, I want to see the Patriots and the Bucks in the Super Bowl, but again, maybe that's not my pick because that's 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 pure fandom taking over right there. Of course, um, even if their offense is dink and dunk, I mean, who the hell cares if they're scoring touchdowns? You know what I mean? Well, well that's, <laughs> if they're winning that's, games that's, and scoring touchdowns, who cares? Exactly, and people will sit there and be like, "Oh, well, why is he throwing to the open receiver all the time?" Well, what do you want him to throw the guy that's triple covered? Like you know, people <laughs> criticize like, "Oh, Brady doesn't throw deep." Well. When you have a bunch of receivers that are like 5'11", 6'1", you know, that range, and they don't necessarily, this goes back to Belichick using players in, in positions that they, they're going to succeed. Like, you're not going to run Julian Edelman in, in deep routes like he, like he's a 6'4", you know, wide receiver. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, of course Brady's not going to throw deep a lot. Why would he? That that's just that would be foolish, and and Brady doesn't do stupid things at the quarterback position. So, um, and then again, people confuse that with you know, then they oh well, he's the system, this that and the other. Well, yeah, I, it it kills me. <laughs> it's it's exhausting, but um, at least I, at least I now know that another fan base at least is kind of getting in on the mix. So, uh, I mean. Uh... The system is winning. Winning is the system. Who cares yeah, how it yeah. looks, is my opinion. But uh, I, I know there are a lot of uh, Jameis Winston fans still in Tampa. And I, I think it's not necessarily uh, still liking Jameis Winston or disdain for Brady. They're afraid of a possible Michael Jordan Wizards moment happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it will, but I, I understand possibly some of that fear coming in. Mm-hmm. Because... Michael Jordan was still good on the Wizards, but there was a noticeable decline. And I yeah, guess they yeah. they don't want to have that decline. And what do you think the expectations this year are for the Bucs, you know? Um, you know, again, like I said, I mean, if anyone's ever, you know, followed me on Twitter or, you know, conversed with me, they know how high uh, regard I hold Tom Brady and how, you know, how much I believe in his ability even to this day. And I, I think there are some differences in the two. Obviously, you know, the basketball it requires a, a different type of athleticism that, you know, especially when you do get a little bit older, you tend to lose. But in Brady's case, I mean, the guy that's and that's the issue. There's no precedent for what he's doing. So uh, there's nothing to to base it on. I mean, people you kind of lost that comparison with Peyton Manning years ago because like, well, I mean, it was never a good one to begin with because Peyton Manning was coming off neck fusion surgery. And, uh, you know, this happened when he was thirty nine. You know, obviously Brady's going to be forty three. So he's far surpassed that. Um, In the end, but I wasn't good either. He was yeah, a corpse. It, 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 exa- exactly. And I mean, there was, but again, people, it's, it's a lazy, easy argument to make. So people will be like, oh, well, Peyton Manning. And that's, you know, that's the basis for Max Kellerman's cliff argument. It's like, oh, well, Peyton Manning fell off at 39. So Brady's obviously do. And then people get enamored and, and tri- fix, fixated on, on age. And it's like, well, he's 43. He has to have fallen off. Well, no, no, that's not everyone's the same. It's not like you have a, a have an internal clock that when it hits, an exact age all of a sudden you walk out the door and you just collapse because you can't do anything anymore no this is just not how it works so you know i think brady has you know broken down those uh barriers sort of speak so in, in my eyes i don't base what i see off age because i think then you get tunnel vision you say oh well he has to do this well i look at what he does he's never been overly athletic in the sense that he doesn't run outside the pocket. So that is something that, you know, when you get older, you lose that speed and, and ability and quickness and all that stuff. And, you know, Brady doesn't need that. 
he's not going to lose his mind. He's not, you know, it's, it's not like when you turn 40, you go senile. Um, I mean, who knows, maybe some people do, but you know, for the most part, you don't like just completely lose your mind at 40. So, uh, you know, he has that his, his arm is fine. He can adjust to, to whatever's out there for him. And, and look, the guy takes care of himself and trains more so than I've, I've ever seen any athlete. And I think that the, the common denominator with all these guys who play at such a high level for such a long time is that they are the most dedicated to doing what they do and getting better. Uh, Michael Jordan's the same way. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I look at the situation as I, I have not seen a physical dip in his game. I have not seen his arm weaken. I've not seen him, uh, you know, a step behind none of that. So when I look at the situation facing him with the bucks, I look at potentially, potentially an MVP season. And I, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibilities because, you know, he could go down there, throw 34 to 38 touchdowns, keep it under double digit interceptions and throw for what? 43, 44, 4,500 yards. That's an MVP season right there. And if he does that, you know, the bucks are 13 and three or, probably one of the top two seeds in the conference and 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 likely a super bowl favorite and to me i just don't see that as, i see that as a, a very attainable thing for for brady especially with this offense and then you add gronk <laughs> so i think the gronk factor is definitely going to help especially you know there you have that chemistry between the two yep. and with the unknown return date of training camp and practice Having that already built in is going to help them, I guess, get past the initial hiccups or, you know, speed bumps that they might encounter. So I think they'll be fine with that. They'll be able to, at worst, weather the storm between those two. But I I definitely think their their ceiling is very high and they have to be one of the one of the favorites in the NFC, honestly. Well, and 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 you said it uh, right there a minute ago. I mean, it. The the fact that Gronk is here now is is I think lessens the amount of uh, mistakes or, or miscommunication I think you would likely see early on, especially I mean if we have uh, 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 shortened mini camps and, and training camps and all that stuff, um, you know it's it's a new team. You have a bunch of new players, new coaches, new linemen, new everything. There's going to be some you know feeling out phase, but now all of a sudden you see Gronk uh, in the lineup. All of a sudden. Brady has that safety net. So I think early on, especially Gronk is going to uh, be a huge focal point. So if you're a fantasy football player, I'd say, you know, buy buy low on Gronk, sell high, <laughs> because I think he's going to get used pretty often, pretty early. And then everything's going to kind of, you know, fall into place and, and Gronk will be, you know, made sure he's healthy until the playoffs, because really that's what it's about. It's about him being on that field during potentially just three games to win a Super Bowl. And I, I, I think that's that's the mentality the Patriots have had with him. And I think that's the same mentality the Bucks have to have with him. Just in this situation, he's he's not, you know, target number one. I mean, there's so much more talent on this team that Gronk doesn't have to be 2011 a Gronk. He just has to be out there and he he, he makes such a huge difference. Yeah, if 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 Gronk can just give him like seventy percent of what he's capable of and appear in somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to twelve games, I consider that a win. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to consider his his back issues he's had. I've had back issues. I've had surgeries like he's had. They're not fun. They suck. <laughs> so yeah. they could be debilitating. And so if he can just play ten to twelve games, make sure he's healthy. Maybe keep him out of the lineup against a far inferior opponent. I'd probably do it. Probably not popular, mm-hmm. but you know the 
load management the NBA likes to do, but with someone like him, not the worst idea. Well, because again, when he's on the field, he he is such a difference maker, and not just from his pure ability, but uh, you mentioned it before, just the the connection the two of uh, you know he and Brady have on the field, and, and you don't get that with every player combination. So when you can get that, that's that's when that's you know you, you it takes it another level. And and again, I look at it like, look, he he, he took a year off. He's only going to be thirty one. Um, obviously he does have the, the injury history, but I mean, for the most part, I, I, I think he's healthy and, and that's a, that's a dangerous proposition because a healthy Gronkowski and a healthy Tom Brady, especially in a, in a, in a situation that they together really haven't seen before. Cause you know, Gronk was, he was drafted and spent four games with Randy Moss on the rest roster. Uh, and, and, and Gronk has always kind of been the best receiver and just offensive player outside of Brady when he's healthy on this offense. So now you can make an argument that he's not, that that it's Mike Evans or, or, or Chris Godwin potentially could be that guy. So now all of a sudden you're like, look, wow, it's like Gronk's this great player, but he's, you know, he could be like option two or three if you want to, you know, list it like that. So uh, again, I think that the idea that uh, these guys are going to be playing together in a situation down in Tampa, um, I, 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 it, it's a, it's very exciting, like I said, from a guy who, uh, uh, from myself, who, who appreciates obviously Tom Brady and what he's done for the Patriots and, and will always be a fan of his and hope he succeeds, albeit without beating the Patriots. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, who wouldn't want, you know, possibly one of not your favorite player to beat your favorite team? I mean, no one wants yeah, that exactly. to happen. I mean, you know, speaking of a, of a familiar or at least comparable situation, you know, here in Cleveland with the Cavaliers, Cavaliers mm-hmm. are my favorite team. Don't want LeBron to beat him. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It's like a, it's comparable. And, and and that's the thing too. And you get you get a lot of this, and it's happened a lot over the last month or so since the whole you know move came down. That you know people will say like, oh, you can't uh, you know you can't root for other players on other teams because you're not a Patriots fan or you're not a Cavaliers fan. It's like no, you 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 can. Like I mean, there's no there's no like rule book that says oh, as a fan you can't do this. I shall not you know root for other players if they're on not on the you know your team no it's like you can do that and again you know guys like lebron james and tom brady they're a little bit different than pretty much every player so um you know this idea that you you want him to fail it's like again to each his own do what you want say what you want but don't chastise other people for for wanting them to also to continue to succeed because in my eyes i look at this uh as a fantastic opportunity to even though i've said this many times before to 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 kind of quiet all the all, all the crazies out there, all the Patriot uh, or Brady derangement syndrome folks out there um, who who sit there and say, oh, well, he can only win with Belichick. He's always been in the AFC East, it's the AFC least, blah, 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 blah. Now it's like he's going to a team that was seven and nine in a division that is, you know, just ripe with with talent and good teams. And it's like if he comes out of this and wins a Super Bowl. I mean, what, what are they going to say now? You know, I mean, let alone the fact that he would be at seven. But the fact that, you know, he would go in and, and, you know, take on this, you know, what what looks like a very formidable division on paper and, and take a team that was seven and nine one year and turn them around to Super Bowl champions the next. I mean, that's that's to me that as, as a fan of Brady, I look at that as such a great, great thing that I could get excited for. Um, so that's how I look at it. I hope other Patriots fans do as well. 
I'm sure there are some that do, but of course there's always going to be, you know, some guy that has, you know, the flying Elvis logo as his Twitter yeah. avatar being <laughs> like, no, Patriots, Patriots are my team. Brady's dead to me. Yep, pretty much. Oh, Gronk's that's, that's gone, he's is. dead to me. <laughs> they well, can... like, and I get it. Like I said, at the end of the day, I understand that mentality. I do. I just think it's, you know, whatever. Just keep it to yourself. It's kind of it's kind of like religion. It's like I I don't care if you're if you're religious. I don't care what religion you are. Just don't you know don't try to force it on me or other people. You know what I mean? Like just keep it to yourself. Like do what you want to do. If 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 you want to hate Brady because he he betrayed you after twenty years, quote unquote, then so be it. That's that's your prerogative. You can do that. Just don't sit there and tell me how to you know how to, how to root for a team or how to cheer for a player or what I'm doing wrong. You know I I hate that stuff. Oh, I do too. Uh, I think that's a I think that's a good note to end out on. Is just cheer for your team, cheer for the players you like, and you know leave yeah. everyone else alone. So I'd like to uh, thank you for joining me today. Oh, absolutely! This is a blast. Yeah, and of course I would like to uh, check in with you later during the season, uh, see how things going on with the Patriots, with the Bucks, and of course the Browns. Yeah, of course. Yeah.